Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I know it's a little late in the week, but Britt's been sick, but she's feeling better today. She doesn't sound it, but, no, no. but she's feeling better. So. I sound pretty nasally. That's all right, though. It's pretty annoying, nah. honestly. No, it sounds good. I mean, you haven't really talked at all this week, so I'm okay with it. It's been a lonely week. I, I'm sorry. You've been in bed. I'm sorry. It's been lonely, but hey, we're here. We're going to get this podcast out for this week. It's what a lot of you have been asking for. We're going to talk about adopting adult dogs, and this will include um, any rescue dogs. And I'm I'm thinking 18 months plus, mm-hmm. and really probably more like two years plus, but 18 months plus up until the senior years, which is anywhere from eight to 10 based on the breed. So this will cover what you guys were asking for as far as adopting an adult dog or just Adopting a rescue dog and the, and the pros and cons and, and what may come with that and, and what you need to do whenever you're doing that. Yeah, we've had a lot of people write in about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, uh, I've never adopted an adult dog, but you have. I have. So, Jakey. Jakey. So let, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about Jake's well, story. Well, Jake is a little different because I did adopt him from a family. Didn't necessarily adopt him from a shelter. Um, he did come from a shelter as a puppy. Uh, he'd been dumped at a dumpster, which is that's just sad. terrible. Uh, explains why he went through our trash all the time. Definitely a forager. Yeah, that for was, sure. That was his part of his genetics. Um, more than likely his mom was also a forager. <laughs> and so he was dropped off at a shelter. Um, they The shelter wanted to keep him as a tester dog and as like sort of a mama bear. He has. I was watching old videos last night, putting together the interaction seminar, and his his skills. Oh, for, watching fantastic. him, he just had phenomenal communication skills. His communication skills were on point. Uh, did you hear that, Isabella? Yeah, not yours. Maybe you're not. Maybe take note. And so, since she's not the chaos coordinator, she is the chaos. <laughs> so I was in college, um, 
probably not the most responsible thing I was going to say, perfect timing to ever. do that. Yeah, no, probably not. I was a sophomore in college. Um, and this guy was on Facebook. And they, ha- or not Facebook, Craigslist. And they had posted him in like the for sale section, like the free section, which is a no-no on Craigslist for pets. They go in a different section. So I got their number, like their information, right before Craigslist took that ad down. Like I couldn't find it. That was like, just meant to be. Yeah. Went and met him. They were rehoming because it was literally like the Brady Bunch. Each each parent had three kids from other marriages, and they came together. And then they had six kids under the age of nine. Jeez. And Jake's probably like, yes. Jake's like, please, thank God, you. send me somewhere else. Um, and then they traveled a lot for work. So they're like, you know what? Wow. It's not fair for the dog. So let's hand him to a 20-year-old because that seems that seems sound. Um, so, yeah. So that's how I got Jake. He was two when I got him. Um, just a real ch- chill dude. And, you know, it's funny because you and I were sort of t- like talking about acclimation periods and things like that. I didn't really have one with Jake. Like he just sort of came in. And he was like, cool, I live here now. Dang. Yeah. I think he was definitely a special. Yeah, I got really lucky with him. I don't think he really came with any, like, trauma. No, there was not much baggage with that guy. Bad habits? No. Because did they do any training with him? Not that I'm aware of. Wow. You got really lucky. I did. Wow. It was just really cool. I mean, other than the trash can diving thing. Well, if he was... If he was dumped at a dumpster, it could be that he actually wasn't dumped at, his, at a dumpster. It could be that his mama mm-hmm. went to a dumpster and had, or near a dumpster and had babies. That's true, Or too. something, right? Yeah. And, and maybe she was a forager, and therefore him getting into trash would be him foraging. The snuffle mat would have been the best thing for him. I know. Yeah, but we didn't do enrichment back then. And, you know. But Jake was, and he lived to what he was, 16. 15. 15, 16. Yeah, oh, he's going to be 15. 16, yeah. So we lost him last December. End of December, we put him down. Um, yeah, he was 15, and he was just a good dog. Um, I mean, he was, if y'all have listened to any of the episodes in the past where she's talked about the consequences of building confidence, you'll hear how his confidence, because he went through, you guys went through some things, as most young 20-year-olds and oh yeah, for sure. young 20s go through. Um, so there's, you know, there was some trauma there, I'm sure, uh, just with changing of living conditions and living situations. And um, But you'd been working in the pet industry. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you had a good outlet for him at least. Yeah. So I, I got lucky. Yeah, he was. A, he I'm really not going to lie. I got really lucky. And then um, you got Isabella. Who's also a very good dog. But who also came in the house covered in mud today. <laughs> I'm just, I got nothing as she's sticking her nose up in my lap right now to be petted on. I do love this dog. Y'all don't get me wrong. My client today wanted me to bring, wanted me to bring her doodle home because he was doing well with me. And I was like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. sorry, Border Collie hates doodles. Yeah. Myers would be in love. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, having an adult dog, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pros but there are also cons. I mean, and it's not even just adopting an adult dog. I mean, when I adopted Myers, we had no idea what he was because when they rescued him, there were so many dogs. They didn't know the mother wasn't with them. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a clue who the mother is. So 
to get an idea of what he is, unless we did DNA testing back then, we didn't know. I mean, we could go a little bit by looks, but that was about it. Yeah. And I ended up adopting the majority of a breed that I did not want. And so, and not that I didn't want it because I didn't like the breed. I've always loved terriers and I've always wanted a Jack Russell, but I just knew right now, just being so busy, yeah, I didn't have what it what he needed. I didn't have the time to give what he needed. I mean, it's working out and it's it's going well, but it really doesn't matter. I, I think that when we look at when we look at any adoption, there are questions we need to ask ourselves uh, because unless you're unless you're buying from a breeder, you're adopting. You're adopting a dog with an unknown history, more than likely. Mm-hmm. So and. And sometimes even breeders don't even say, give you a lot of good say, history. Even with breeders sometimes. Sometimes that, yeah. Um, a couple of things I'm going to say before we get started on really getting into the pros and cons is when you're thinking about adopting an adult dog, and as Isabella just jumped in the chair over there and was like laying her head down, like, I'm just going to observe. She's the boss lady. She's the boss lady right now. <laughs> She's like, y'all do your thing. I wish you had thumbs so you could fill up my wine glass. Um but a couple of things that you need to think about. If and again, this is about adopting. If you're not buying from a breeder, whether it's a rescue, a shelter, picking up off the streets, it's it's a rescue, and you're adopting. Period. Whether it costs you money or not. So, when you're thinking about a dog, um, and and I'm going to start with not having a dog in the home. If this is your first dog, your only dog right now. First thing is you need to think about is you need to know what you want. Like you really need to understand that not just because a dog is pretty doesn't mean they're going to fit your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But you need to think about what do I want from my dog? What kind of relationship do I want from my dog? And for me, I was wanting a smaller dog that I could carry around, that I could take to patios and it not be intimidating to um to, to other people that is because i've had rottweilers um a dog that could be social and love people uh have a lot of resilience be able to go anywhere deal with things and that's what i wanted and i feel like i've gotten most of that you literally have a toy pit bull I do if that a, was a thing that's what you have i you guys I, it's true I, I he's like a miniature pit bull he, he's a pit bull he's a mini pit bull I mean, he does have the majority terrier. If you look at Yorkie and Pitbull, the percentage goes above the Shizu. Um, so, yeah, uh, but he does. He loves people. He loves dogs. Other than his barking explosively, I feel like I can pretty much take him anywhere. Um, and that will continue to improve. I mean, he just turned a year yesterday. So that will continue to improve. He's not even quite an adult yet. When you are looking at adoption, you need to ask a lot of questions. And I don't mean just, hey, where did this dog come from? Right? And and don't just take what they write out. Hey, you know, this dog was picked up as a stray. This dog was an owner turn in, um, owner surrender. You need to ask questions. And the biggest thing you need to ask is history. Do you have any history on this dog? And I mean, I want history of where did you pick the dog up? What state was the dog in? Were you able to capture the dog easily or did you have to catch it with a catch pole? 
I mean, these are some questions that can give you some really insight as to the dog. If they had to catch it with a catch pole, then the dog may not be very well socialized or may have some fear and anxiety that you're not going to see necessarily in a rescue or in a shelter because the dog may be in shutdown mode. Mm. All right. So asking a lot of questions. I'm asking, how was the dog's health when it came in? Right. Was it malnourished? Did it have heartworms? Was it infested with fleas? Because that can also give you an idea of how good is the immune system? Am I going to have health issues with this dog down the road? It may be healthy right now, but is it going to be healthy down the road? So those are a couple of questions. Um, And of course, always asking what behavior they've seen in the rescue or in the shelter. Um, You may or may not get the right answers. Because they so badly want to adopt these dogs. And I'm not, I'm not saying every rescue or every shelter does that. So please understand that. But you do have to sometimes press because they may not realize that be, that information that they can give you that may seem like nothing to you could be important. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I would definitely, you want to spend a couple of days visiting the dog. Don't go to the shelter and meet it once. And be like, okay, I'm taking you home. I would... Maybe visit two or two, three days in a row, or maybe even twice in one day and one more the next day, just to give that dog some time in between. Maybe even observe the dog out in a yard without you being near it after you've met it, just so you can see any behavior. So, I mean, there's, again, it's just, you really, because you don't know what you're getting. And just because it looks like a lab doesn't mean it is. That is true. I mean, if y'all look on Reddit... On the, on the DNA results, I, I make it a game. I go and look at pictures, and then I scroll to the end, and I, and I guess, and then I scroll to the end to see how close I am. Yeah. And so... How do you, how do you usually fare with that? Um, if you just put Pitbull in the top three on every damn dog you see, you're pretty much going to get it right, because that's how it feels right now. It's just sort of the generic... It, it feels like go-to. it is. Yeah. Um, there are some though that I've looked at, I'm like, how in the hell did the dog come up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do have another dog and you want to bring in an adult dog, first you need to ask your dog if that's appropriate. If your dog is never socialized with dogs in a positive way outside your home, you don't need a second dog. Okay. Touche. I mean... (laughs) It's not going to help your dog become better with dogs. I sound like a gremlin over here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't get her wet. They're, Don't feed her after midnight. All these weird noises coming out of me right now. You're doing good. You're hanging in there. <laughs> You're hanging in there. You know what? That's the that's the sound that wakes everybody up in the middle of the night when their cat's about to throw up. <laughs> Lee, thanks. Or their dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to stay back from the mic because I don't want any of this like projecting through. No, you're doing good. You're fine. You're doing good. Um, if your dog, you think your dog is okay, then it's good to have that dog, uh, the potential adopting dog and your dog meet on neutral territory um, and just see how they, they get along. We get asked that a lot. Where should I let them meet? Yeah. I like neutral, and when I say neutral, I don't mean the shelter's yard because that dog's been spending time and it's no longer neutral. Right. Uh, go for a walk. Find another dog park. Find another fenced-in area to use. 
um, you know, or use an area at the at the shelter that's never used except for meeting potential dogs. But again, if that dog has met up a couple of dogs in there, that's not really going to do us any good either. So I do want to think that you need to take your time and don't just rush in. And especially if you're a breed lover, if there are certain breeds you love, I'm a Rottweiler lover, and I went and looked at one. Because I thought, you know what, I don't think I need one, but you know what, this little girl, mm, I'm just going to go check her out. Mm-hmm. And I drove an hour and a half to go look at her, and I spent about an hour with her. Um, but I knew within the first few minutes that I was not the right owner for her. She was great. She had a great nose. If I was still doing search and rescue, mm-hmm. I'd have brought her home. Um, but her nose was on point, but she was more interested <coughs> in sniffing than you know, spending time with me, her energy level was way up. And I just knew that she was more of a driven dog. I didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. So what I did is just gave the shelter, hey, this is what I see at this dog. This would be a good home, you know, good type of home for her. Thanks. And just let me know if you got any small dogs coming in. All right. So just because you go look, don't feel like that's the dog you need to take home. And of course, always go with your gut, not your heart. That's hard. I know. I know. But it's not going to do any good because it's just going to, it's not fair to the dog. And and here's the thing, guys. Don't go to the shelter and be like, oh, this dog's been here for six months. You know, it gets along with my dog. It's not really what I'm looking for. It's a little bit bigger than I was looking for, but I'm going to adopt it because I hate for it being here. Don't do that. That's, that's not giving the dog what he needs if that's not what you were looking for. Now, you may end up taking the dog home being like, this dog is perfect. Falling in love. And falling in love. But don't do it just to f- because you feel bad. This is a commitment, and you don't know what you're going to run into. And if you're not sold on the dog immediately, then you're probably not going to spend the time you need to, to fix those things and, and have the right relationship. Imagine like you're in a bad relationship that you want to get out of, but you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yes. How many of you have done that out there? <laughs> I'm waiting. Everybody raise your hand. Oh, I'm, I'm raising my hand. Yeah, I, I, Times two in my head. Okay, yeah. No, I I just, no. I never want to not hurt the feelings of the person. Well, some of us but, care about feelings. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows that's a lie. Um, so, all right. So, you've decided. You, you want to go find you a dog. So, here are some of the pros for an adult dog. Uh, t- oh, boy. Look, we got... We got, that's enough, boy. We got Brit hacking in the microphone and Myers barking. This is, this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> it's fantastic. Look, look, y'all just know what to, to, you just know what you're getting with us. Um, all right. Here's some pros. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? That was not Brittany. That was Myers. That, you got to that, hear that. gremlin sound was That great. was amazing. Um, when you adopt an adult dog, the pro, one of the pros of that is that you have a good idea of the dog's personality. Now. That's saying that what you see is what you get in that moment. But it can also kind of give you an idea of the personality and what traits you might see. Because somebody's going to see some of these traits. Now, the con to that is because you don't know the dog's history. Mm -hmm. You don't know if that personality has been tainted with negativity based on history and trauma. And not knowing that history is probably the biggest con to adopting an older dog. But don't let that stop you. And I say older dog. I should say adult dog. 
Don't let that stop you because there are things we can do to work on a dog's trauma. It may take a little while to see that trauma come out. It may be six months before you see trauma and then you're thinking, why is my dog doing this? I've not, I've not done anything negative to him in six months. Well, it's just may have taken that long for it to come out. You can almost guarantee it's going to take at least three months for, your, for the dog to come into the home, be comfortable to start exhibiting some more natural tendencies and personality. Yeah. But overall, especially if you have like a four or five-year-old dog and, and if it was an owner surrender, you can a lot of times get a good idea what the dog's personality is. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Another one is they're mostly out of adolescence. So you don't have to deal with some of this. My uh, emotional part of my brain is not talking to my decision-making part of the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, the brain is still, uh, has plenty of neuroplasticity, so it can still develop new neural pathways. It can still learn a lot of things. So there's that advantage, right? But you're not dealing with the adolescence part of things, which yeah. is sometimes a pain in the butt. Let's be real. Adolescence is hard. It's hard. It is. And the other thing you don't have to deal with a lot of times is housebreaking. Yes. That's another one I have on here, right? Most uh, adult dogs have, even if they've lived outside, are still housebroken because remember with housebreaking, the three steps, you know, where to go. That's one of the hardest, right? Teaching them grass. And an outdoor dog knows grass is where they go. Therefore, as an adult, they'll do a better job of holding it, even though they've never had to hold it in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're not getting the housebreaking. Now, occasionally, if you get a, an, a young adult, you can get a dog that's still got some puppy behavior, and it's in a bigger package. Mm -hmm. That can be hard. So if you have a dog who is mouthy as a puppy, but it was never dealt with, you went from shark teeth to sharp teeth, but power behind those bites because mm -hmm. nobody ever talked. So you do have that. And we see that a lot with adoptive dogs where we'll come into the home and they're jumping and biting and, and it's puppy behavior, but mm -hmm. it's in a three-year-old 80-pound dog. Right. And that's, that's tough to deal with. <laughs> it is. And most people get very scared mm -hmm. because they think it's something that's not normal. Well, if the dog's never been taught, they're not going to grow out of biting. They're not going to grow out of chewing on I things. Think, I think you need to repeat that for the folks in the back. All right. Dogs. Do not grow out of puppy behavior. Nope. They don't. Nope. They don't hit two years old, and then magically, they don't do puppy things no more. That's right. Trust me, they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So you have to teach. You have to be prepared to keep them, you know, crated when not supervised, teaching them the rules of the house, teaching them the manners of the house. Right. You, you've got to still set those expectations and don't think they just know that that's that. Don't expect they know what to do because some of these dogs have never been in a home. Some have been in a home who had zero expectations set. Some have been in a home that everything they did was wrong. Right. So you, you're going to get a lot of, of things that could be happening. Um, a lot of those puppy behaviors are why dogs are surrendered um <coughs> sorry <laughs> we're just gonna let it go y'all just deal with it she's no it's gonna, horrible she's gonna it's well gross. i mean but we're gonna let her cough because i'm not gonna be pausing every time she's absolutely cough gross because um, we won't get done with this no it's true um i've seen a lot where the dogs just they're exhibiting puppy behavior but people are like i'm sorry i can't deal with this it was cute at eight weeks old and 
at 18 months, it's yep not so cute anymore. And so they're ending up in shelters because of what they say are behavioral issues, when in reality, it's just manners. I don't know the percentage, but it's out there, and you could probably Google it. I'm going to just guess 60-70% of dogs that are relinquished to the shelter are relinquished during the adolescent phase, where the dog started as a puppy. That defined. Yeah, I mean, it's go ahead and look it up. Google it. It's, you know, because they start as a puppy and things go well because the puppy is needing you more and everything's cute and everything's sweet and honeymoon. And then the dog starts to grow and they're like, we're going to expect this and we're doing it. But then the dog looks like an adult. It's over the age of one. And they just expect to have that magic happen to where the dog is all good. But alas, the dog is in adolescence. And that's typically when dogs get surrendered to shelters is during the adolescent phase. So what's the, you found at the percentage? No, this is going to take me a while. One, I can't see very well. And two, I'm just kind of oh my cognitively God. a little bit slower. Than All right. Usual. Well, we'll, we'll let her see if she can find that one. I'll, I'll while I keep it. talking. Yeah, I'll find it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, what? one big positive is you'll know how big the dog's going to be. <laughs> Size was big for me. Um, I didn't want a big dog. I wanted 15 pounds and under, and I think he's probably about 17. He's a little taller than I was going for, um, but that's the thing with rescue dogs. You just don't know. Now, he was a puppy, right? So I didn't know what he was going to grow up to be. I kind of took an idea by just based off his anatomy. Um, But, you know, he's he's actually almost perfect on his weight. With an adult dog, you're already going to know what size you're getting, right? You're not going to adopt a 40-pound dog and end up with an 80-pound dog. So that's a that's a big pro. Um, typically, they're very trainable because they've kind of gotten through some things. Their brain is developed. It's ready to learn. It's ready to do new things. So they're pretty much very trainable. Um, and most are typically in adult phase are more human-oriented, um, especially if they've had a good relationship with a human prior to that. Because let's be real, there are a lot of reasons dogs end up in the shelter, and it's not always because they're bad. I mean, it, it could be, you know, something that was out of their control. So, you know, an owner got sick, couldn't, you know, owner had to move and was just completely unable to, to you know, take care of the dog. So those are some good pros to adopting adult dogs. Did you find it? I did not find the exact stat. This is a really in-depth study. Okay. But it's very interesting and I'll share it with everybody. Awesome. That's sweet. So she can put that in the show notes? Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Yeah. She can put that in the show notes. All right, great. Now, um, <laughs> all right, great. golly, all right. gee, jolly, golly, gee. Um, uh, sorry, I had to pause and go to the bathroom. Um, so <laughs> that was your segue. That's your That's segue your back. Okay, great. <laughs> um, the cons we already kind of talked about that puppy behavior in a big package that can be a con because most of them have not probably been trained at all. Um, past, poss- I should say possible past trauma. Now, trauma is going to look different for every person. Trauma is going to look different for every dog, right? We can't automatically assume that a dog that is given up to the shelter or in rescue has trauma. Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, it takes a little bit of, of in-depth question. Um, I ask a lot of questions when I'm trying to figure out what where the dog's coming from, where his motivation's coming from, what his brain is like, what his emotions are like. It's there's a lot of questions to ask and sometimes it's 
little things that can make you see something. So not knowing what an adult dog's gone through. And here's the thing with trauma is when it happens during brain development, um, especially during adolescence, fear is imprinted much harder and deeper. And when I say deeper, it's deeper layers to it in adolescence than any other time. So if your dog, if the dog has gone through major fear during adolescence, they're going to hold on to that a lot longer and it's going to be a lot harder. I think human children are probably the same way. The younger, the... Absolutely. I think so. And laying in bed last night, I was thinking, uh, and I'm going to share a little bit with you guys. When I was in my 20s, I was in a relationship that was not healthy. Um, It was actually an an abusive relationship, Uh, not physically, uh, but emotionally. And I am now 47 and a half years old. And that was in my 20s. So it it was literally all my 20s. And my brain was still developing. I still have moments of feeling that trauma in my relationship with you and just in relationships in general, even though it hasn't, nothing's happened to me in 17 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I've, I've still went through some shitty relationships, but I was able to handle that trauma better where the trauma that happened in my twenties is definitely lasting longer in my memories. And I see it creeping up sometimes. Yeah. I got a good hold on it because I recognize it. But I just thought it was really interesting. I thought, man, it was in my 20s. My brain was still developing. How long does a human brain develop? I think to about 25. Oh. 26. I think everybody assumes it's 18 and then you're done. Yeah, no, not even close. <laughs> no, 25, 26, I think. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, re- it's, it's real. And I didn't realize that I was still that – it, that it hit – me that way mm-hmm. while I was in that stage. And I think it can give me a little bit of insight to one or two things can happen at the wrong time can last forever, but it's learning how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately dogs can't say, yeah, when I was 14 months old, you know, dad came home and screamed at me because I had diarrhea and I pooped and he, you know, spanked me with a newspaper. And now I'm just, Afraid of every time someone comes home. They can't do that. So a lot of times it comes out in other ways. So I think it's important that we we know that there could be possible trauma, but just know there are things we can do. Mm-hmm. We can help. We can help the dog. There's a lot of things we can do. So don't let that deter you. Just know that if you're having some issues, please don't be sending your dog off to a trainer that's going to put a shock collar on them. All board and trains do with shock collars and prong collars is basically you're spending $3,000 to teach your dog what, how to avoid the shock or the correction. That's basically what it is at majority of board and trains. Imagine that uses how aversive. stressful that is. Absolutely, it's stressful. You're not home. Your parents aren't there. No. You're just stuck in a kennel most of the day. They're beating up probably on Probably 22 to 23 hours of the day. And the hour you're out, you're getting yanked around a prong collar or shocked by a shock collar because nobody's taught you what to do. That's and really if you've sad. sent your dog off to a board and train, they send you home with any type of tool 
that you have to have like an e-collar or a prong collar, guess what, guys? You paid to teach your dog how to avoid the correction, not what to do. And that's going to create trauma as well. And it's important to know that if you do adopt an older dog, ask to see if there's been past trainings. If I have a dog that was that needs to be adopted and had been sent off to three weeks board and train, I already know. Yeah, I guarantee I'm probably going to have reactivity on leash. I'm going to have pulling on leash. I'm going to have fear and anxiety behavior. I can almost guarantee it. But that doesn't necessarily make a dog unadoptable. I think Mm-mm. you're sort of making it sound like, don't get this dog. No, I and I don't want, no. I don't want that to be. Just know that trauma can show up up to a year after you adopt a dog. It may have nothing to do with what you've done. And another thing I hear a lot when t- when talking to people is, oh, well, I think somebody hit them. Trauma isn't necessarily created from physical correct corrections or you know hitting or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they weren't necessarily terrorized by children because they don't like children. Or they're afraid of children. Exactly. For instance, Isabella. I know good and damn well no one ever hit her with a broom. Right, because we've had her. But something about that broom, there's some association with it. You know, I mean, it's... Yep. Of course, she's she's got fears and phobias that are... She's a border collie. You know. But here's the thing is, that fear of that broom (laughs) could have come from her mother. Genetically, that fear could have been passed down. It could have also been that the mother, it, the fear of the broom created, was created while she was still in utero. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. Fear is felt in the womb? It, yep. Things can happen while the dog is still inside mom if something trauma happens to the mother. Huh. Yeah. This shit can go deep. That's really insane. I know. I did not know that. Yeah, and so that's why it's like when we think about, okay, this this you're adopting a dog that a mother um, was, they found the mother and eight puppies under a trailer. Okay, well, you may have gotten that puppy at six, seven weeks, but it still has the genetics of probably a stray, the mother not feeling safe possibly, um, and so the dog may be a little bit more skittish, a little bit more nervous. And the thing is that as long as we recognize these things, there are things we can do to help, right? Mm. These dogs are very adoptable. I just want you to be aware that don't just assume that this is just how your dog is. Because if we assume, I've heard that so much as he's just been an anxious dog his whole life. Well, let's do something to help him. Let's make his life better. Don't just let him live through anxiety, that's not fair. No, that sucks. Exactly. You have anxiety. Trust me, that sucks. Right? <laughs> and, and I mean, it's not fair just to have someone to live through it. And, and and don't ever think it was. it's just the dog. That's just how he is. No. There are always things we can do to improve a dog's welfare and emotional well-being. And the emotional part is the big part. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with your dog's emotion before we deal with your dog's external behavior that drives you crazy because most of the time your external behavior that drives you crazy has been driven by an emotion that we're not thinking about all right for sure yep for sure. Um, obviously with adult dogs you <clears throat> may have some dogs that have learned some behavior that's negative right maybe they've been able to get into the trash can you know jake may have spent time with six kids nothing but scavenging the floor 
for food crumbs everywhere. He cleaned up all for kinds two years of food. Right. He was also a counter surfer, and he loved butter and bread and bread. Man, this this dude was a carb lover. This dog and I related so hard. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I mean, um, we would have been great, like eighteenth century peasants, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just give me a cow. Give me a cow. I'll some, churn my own butter yeah. and cheese. make me some bread and give me a little cheese. We're good to go. Um, obviously, also you have no control over past association. So let's just go back to that kid because I think that was a good example of. They may have had a negative association with the kid. I have a client who has a beautiful little Aussie that this dog was owner surrendered, um, but it spent its first life, its first year of life, being terrorized by two little girls who would dress it up and put it in a stroller. And um, this dog is miserable, and this dog fucking hates kids. Like, if he sees the kids from 50 fucking yards, off, gone, see ya. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. So we're really working hard. Um, because they live in an area where dogs and kids are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we're working hard on it. It's going to take some time to change that association because that association was made during the beginning stages of brain development. And so it's kind of, it's in there. So our goal is to not teach the dog to love kids. Our goal is to teach the dog how to emotionally handle kids and avoid them appropriately. Not asking them to interact with them at all, ever ever but just how to deal with them and how not to like run away and lose your shit when you see a kid or hear a kid because sometimes it's just hearing a kid this dog's like off and running can't blame him for that are we talking about pep yeah pepper i it's so funny i just wrote down his owner's name his guardian's name (laughs) i love that yeah to check in with him tomorrow yeah there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're on the same wavelength and he's doing a really good job but we're having to take it slow mm-hmm. and, and you know and, and that's okay i didn't know that i didn't know oh, you that. know that's what pepper went through no oh yeah it's terrible like you just see anybody pushing a stroller he's like nope off and running oh that makes sense yeah okay. so he's had a lot of trauma but he's adopted and he's having a great life he has best friends he plays great with other dogs he's really good with other people he just doesn't like kids and that's okay. I can understand why. Bella does not either. But she does good. Like we had kids over in the beginning Oof. of our Halloween party and she was all right. She was okay. And she does okay with the, the neighbor's grandkids. Oh, she likes them. Yeah. But they also know how to interact with dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, we've also instructed them how to be with her. Yeah. Yeah. And they have dogs. Yes. So. It, yes. It's. Yeah. And their parents don't let them. Crawl, the assholes crawl over the dog crawl <laughs> over the, the dogs and- yeah stop letting your kids crawl over dogs they're not they're not jungle gym okay oh i saw a great video oh i gotta find this thing on instagram um a woman who what did she have i want to say a roddy um and she was making a point to say do not let your like i do not let my child crawl on my dog yeah now, this wasn't exactly the best thing ever to do, but she let her baby crawl on the dog just as because she knew her dog had the control to not right. bite the child, right? Just to show the signals. Oh, that's great. This this licking is not your dog trying to lick your kid because it wants to give it kisses. This licking is your dog telling you to get the kid off of it. Calming. Which of course she obviously went and got her baby. I mean right. she this is the dog's probably like why is this happening this has never happened before um 
So, yeah, I'm going to find that. It was great because the way she explained it was Yeah, was let's fantastic. find that. Um, Maybe you can um, repost on yeah, DocSpeak. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find that. But it was... I just went off on a tangent there. Sorry, y'all. Like, no, because all day. It, it's important like, because, <laughs> because adult dogs, so many times people are like, oh, he's just so good with the kids. He just lets them crawl all over and pull his ears. No, he's being tolerant right now and not losing his shit. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't do anything, at some point he's going to lose his shit because he's tired of it. Because lack of movement or lack of reactivity does not mean comfort. That's true. And I don't know how many times I can say that. Jake, um, Jake snapped. At a child one time. And Jake loved everybody. And his patience was thin. Impeccable. Like, no, he. Oh, no, at that moment so it was thin. No, he had great patience. That's what made him so good with his calming yeah. signals. But it his was patience. a good teaching moment for the child as well. Yeah. You know, we were able to say, you can't do that. You can't crawl on him. He's dealt with you all week. Yeah. <laughs> He's done. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't make contact. He didn't bite him. That's not but, the, uh, right because it wasn't the point. Um, and no one got mad at Jake about it. And that's where the owners had guess to step what? up. I had had your communication seminar Look right before this happened. Look at that. Look at that. What? That was before we were together. Yeah. 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 So, and, and that's the thing is I didn't that yell at him. in those moments, we have to be able to read our dog's body language and stop something immediately. Right? Don't wait until you see a big lash out. That's mm-hmm. not fair. Um, I was actually talking to my clients today. Um, they have a Weimaraner and rescued. They've only had this dog like less than a month or maybe like a month. And I was putting a harness on him and I was kind of hovering around him and he growled at me. And I just stepped back and said, oh, my bad, buddy. Right. And come to find out he had also done this to their nephew because the nephew was all up in his face and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was like, you know, do we let the kid learn a lesson? He'll only do it once. No, because it's not fair to the kid. But it's also not fair to the dog to have to lash out in order to in a get respect. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to put our dogs in that position. So it's like, I want to hear that growl. If you're uncomfortable, I, he gave me the growl. I backed away and said, my bad, man. Thanks for only doing a growl. Absolutely, because my face was near his. Mm-hmm. And he's his mouth is, he's learning soft mouth. He kind of actually put his teeth on my chin today, like both of them. <laughs> kisses but he just like put both of his both sets of teeth it didn't hurt i mean I, but i felt them mm-hmm. but yeah i was like all right man i got you i get it you didn't like that no problem and so i had, i adjusted how i was adjusting his harness yeah um because i want to be respectful of that and i appreciate him doing that but yeah it's it's our job to make sure that we keep the dog safe and if you don't know what dog communication looks like you need my seminar <laughs> Um, all right, so what happens if you adopt a dog? First thing, get your house ready, all right? I mean, go ahead and know where the dog's going to sleep. Get a crate. Uh, just because they're an adult does not mean they don't need a crate. I promise you they probably need a crate or at least a small room with a gate um, somewhere quiet that they can decompress. It's going to take them at least about three months to decompress. You need to give them that time. That doesn't mean we don't start setting expectations, though. We don't want to get the dog free run of, of life for three months and then say all of a sudden, nope. All that's changed. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead and start setting expectations and you can start doing some training, but just know that the dog has to get adjusted because the dog has been moved around. It's a new world. Go ahead and know what those rules are and sit down as a family and talk about it. Talk about where the dog's going to sleep, what the schedule's going to look like, who's in charge of what. Go ahead and talk to somebody about nutrition. Do not, more than likely, you will not be feeding what the dog was eating in rescue. You will need to get something healthy, get the gut healthy. Um, 
but you definitely need to start setting expectations immediately. It's very important. Don't do it harshly. We don't do that ever. Just letting them know what are the rules. If you're allowed on furniture, okay. Are you allowed on furniture anytime you want or is it by invitation? Is it by invitation with a blanket or no blanket? Just start thinking about these things. That's where you, you have to sit down as a family and sort of write all that out. Absolutely, you do. Because Before the regardless of which dog you get. Yeah. No, And no matter the age. Yep. You need to think about that because yep. it's not fair for the dog to be like, well, so, in, you know, three of the people in the house are fine with this, but two in the house are get pissed off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair to the dog. I mean, you have to understand this dog's coming into a whole new world. Um, so you want to start training. I would recommend start a journal the second you bring the dog home and start writing out the schedule and your dog's responses to the schedule. This will give you an idea of, of who the dog really is. It'll also give you an idea of his likes or dislikes or um, potty schedule. That'll give you a great idea on potty schedule. Uh, but you definitely need to even write down if you see a behavior issue that you're not sure of, write it down and write down what happened right before and what happened right after. And that's okay to do that. Um, journaling is a great way to keep a record so that you can get to know this dog. Yeah. That's really important. All right. Now, when we start as far as like training and doing things, a really good way is to kind of take your dog out and let him just observe the world. Find a, a place that's fairly quiet, that has minimal activity, and just sit with the dog. Just sit with them. See how they respond to birds, squirrels, rabbits, duck, geese, people, dogs, cats, rabbits. How far are you going with this? I don't know. I was trying to think of some more animals. (laughs) (laughs) See how they do with the otter. Lions and tigers. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just go and sit because by sitting out somewhere public, don't overwhelm the dog, please. Don't take him to a, a festival. But it allows you just to sit back and observe the dog's behavior and body language. How comfortable is the dog? How willing is the dog to um, sniff around and uh, investigate things? Or is the dog like trying to hide behind you between your legs? This will give you some ideas. And journal all of this. Write this stuff down. Don't overwhelm the dog by having a party to welcome the dog. The dog's not going to enjoy that. <laughs> right? So people adopt a dog and they want to invite 10 people over to come meet their new dog. Or they want to take the dog to a party of 15, 20 people to, for everybody to meet the dog. Don't do that. That dog is going to be overwhelmed. One, two people maybe. As an introvert, that sounds horrible. As an extrovert, I still don't know if I would even want to do that if I'm in a new environment. Right? So be sure that you don't overwhelm the dog. Um, Take it at the dog's pace. right, start with one or two and start at the dog's pace. If you have children, they need to be meeting this dog at the shelter, but they need to be meeting meeting the dog at the shelter individually. If you have three kids, don't let three kids go in and say hi to this dog. And the shelter staff are probably not going to know to not allow that to happen. One at a time. Do not overwhelm the dog. One at a time is what needs to happen. And the rules need to be put in place with the kids as well to understand that we need to give this dog space. I know they're going to be excited, but if the dog is off in his crate and laying in his crate, that's where the dog stays. And it's a it's a human-free zone. Also, set up a dog bed 
maybe in your living area that you watch TV, and if the dog's on that bed, that's a human-free zone. means no kids, nobody approaches the dog on that bed when they're on that bed. That's a great idea. Thank you. I'm going to write that down. I like that. Actually, I, I teach that often. <laughs> I was going to say, do you teach that already? I do because I think it's important that dogs have the ability to go somewhere, and it's a very clear indication to children to leave the dog alone, where the dog can still be in the living room and with the family but and not have to go hide in their crate. Um, I think a dog always needs a human-free zone, period. Um, and you need to have two of them, right? Maybe a dog bed in the living room and then the crate. Human-free zone. You don't bother the dog when they're in there. All right, if you need to call them out, obviously that's one thing. But don't be going in the crate and crawling in. And please stop trying to put your kids in the crate with the dog. Oh, my God. Yeah, we saw that video, Oh, too. my that God. Was, that was something. So Talk about a panic attack. Right. Uh, that dog Thanks, was, like, Amanda. was pushed up against the crate and was like looking like, why are you putting this baby, newborn baby, oh. in my crate? Oh the my dog's God. not doing anything. Why Just you, sitting there with like why? wide eyes. Again, no reaction does not mean comfort. Cannot share that one because TikTok took it down. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it was reported. Good, because that's abuse. To both the child. To both the child and, and the dog. dog. Absolutely. Um, that's not fair to the dog. Uh, I'm, or your newborn. Or the newborn, because they have no control over either. Um, and this goes in with give him time to decompress. Give him time to just get used to his environment. Um, don't overwhelm him with your love. Uh, you can't love your dog into comfort, okay? That's that's We can't love humans into comfort, all right? What we can do is be supportive. We can understand where they're coming from. We can give them the skills that they need to get through it. Um, we can give them safety and support. We can't love them through it, which is why my first book ever was called When Love Isn't Enough, which is still on the Amazon. And it's still a good book, but everything needs to be updated. Need to edit we do need to add an update because there are new thoughts that we have. Um, and the last thing is that make sure that you give the established, if you have an established dog, give the established dog and a new dog an opportunity to bond and interact under supervision, but make sure they have their separate areas for sleep mm. and rest um, so that they have an opportunity to get away from each other. Because if you have an established dog and you're bringing in a new dog, basically that's a forced marriage. Neither one of them asked for it. So you got to give them time. Don't expect them just to be best friends immediately. If they are, great. They still need separate places to sleep, mm-hmm. separate places to lay. Um, and as long as separate food bowls, separate food bowls, <laughs> please don't free feed. Feed on, you know, feed them separately. So it's just making sure that we're not overwhelming the dog. But adopting an adult dog is is, abs- is actually, I mean, especially if you don't want to deal with a puppy. I looked at adult dogs. I was going to say a lot of people prefer to adopt an yep. older dog. Well, when I was looking. How many adult dogs did I try? We looked at, I looked at a couple. I took one at Thanksgiving last year to North Carolina. Yep. Um, I looked at the adult Roddy. So I'm, I was looking for adult dogs. I didn't necessarily want a puppy because I didn't want to do the puppy stuff. You absolutely didn't want a puppy. I did not. Not that you necessarily didn't want one. You absolutely <laughs> did not want one. I was shocked when you put him in the car, as was Isabella. When you put him in the car, and she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This fucker is yeah. going home with us. Yeah, and now he's your best friend. Great. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and now they're obsessed with each they other. They really are. It's really cute, actually. They're really good. Um, But, you know, we took her, and we let her meet um, all three all that we them. looked at that day. Yeah. And we let her meet an adult. 
Um, I liked him. He was good. I think he would have worked okay. Uh, I didn't like that he was more interested in humping her. That was not going to be fair to her. And then the puppy. She's I didn't, like, I'm just minding my own business. She really Living was. my life in this guy. And then the, the Myers brother, she didn't quite click with him. I didn't quite click with him. And I didn't even want to test Myers. And I thought, well, I'm here. I might as well. I don't even like the way he looks. And now I think he's the cutest damn thing in the world. <laughs> he's the cutest. He's so damn cute. And and they just got along great. And it's just been that way. And it's been, it's worked out. So, but yeah, I didn't want an adult because, I mean, I didn't want a puppy because I just wanted to get through all that because I'm, I'm busy. But he's worked out. And, um, and so I think that you just have to really think about what you want and don't rush. There are so many dogs out there. I can't even tell you how many dogs I reached. I like contacted Goofy Foot about before I actually went to meet them. <laughs> Poor Kim. I know. I'm like, Kim, how's this dog doing? Wait a minute. Tell me about this dog. And then she's like, hang on. Let me, let me call so-and-so. And then she Meanwhile, get back to me. I message her and I'm like, hey, that little fuzzy one, I'm coming to get it. Oh, when yeah. can I come down? For there? your mama. Like, yeah. Do you want to meet her? We have, nope. We have three dogs from Goofy Foot in our family. Um, cause Goofy Foot does. Oh yeah. I pulled a right. mom. I totally pulled a mom. Yeah. My mom did the same thing. Yeah. So. Those little black fuzzy dogs. I know. That that's what I wanted. Bears. I wanted a black dog. And the Myers brother was a little black fuzzy teddy bear. Cause that's what we've always had. I, cause I like black dogs. <laughs> um, looking at my video last night, it was so much fun to see, um, all the video I have of black dogs playing. Like oh, I have like separate videos of three Jake black dogs. Jake and Dan. Jake, Dan. Bo. Yep. Bo. Yep. Bo's in a lot of our videos Sadie. online. Who's Sadie? Wait, wasn't that your dog's name? Sa- Sophie. Sophie, not Sadie. Sophie. No, Sadie's Vishla. Yeah. Sophie. So, yeah, it's just, it's, I like the black dogs, but it worked out for me. I was not opposed to an adult dog, but I knew I had to make sure it was the right adult dog because I didn't, I knew I didn't have time to deal with trauma. Even though Myers has trauma from uh, before I got him mm-hmm. and uh, probably from his mother, and we're working on that. So, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I think that adopting an adult dog is a very positive thing. Um, and I think even senior dogs, uh, you pretty much know what you got mm-hmm. <laughs> with a senior dog. Um, but they need love, too. And there are some programs out there, and we do have one uh, based here in Middle Tennessee, that you can be a, a forever foster to where they will keep the uh, – they'll give you all the – stuff you need you just let this old dog live in your home give it love until it passes and i know that's hard for a lot of people those are special those fosters are, those are so special fosters so thank you if you do that do that yeah that's that's truly special and we talked to your mother about doing it mm-hmm. because she didn't know if she really wanted a dog and i was like well here's a great option um but i can understand her heart it's too soft oh well, after having she had two two seniors and she lost both yeah close together so i can understand that and it, it's it is a special thing um and adopting an adult dog is a special thing uh and it's very doable just know that get help sooner than later right don't wait start your expectations um and uh, and just make sure it's the right one make sure it's the right dog truly regardless of age size breed make sure it's the right dog that fits you and your family that uh, that's kind of the bottom line on that anything extra to add there i just want to apologize to everybody for my weird noises <laughs> <laughs> look 
I'm that are emitting. <laughs> like I sort of sound like my granny today. That's all right. Like, we loved granny. not even finishing words. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I think they would rather have you on here for this than for you not to be here. I don't know. So there, I, I know there I are can't people, do it by myself. There are people out there who get so grossed out by coughs and sniffing. I do get that. And I get it. Yes. And so phlegm. <laughs> so it's look, gross. Our friend Julie, I was asking her little man was sick. And I said, if you need anything, let me know. I said, she goes, wait, you, you can come give him, what'd she say? A, squeeze, a squeegee the, his squeegee nose. Squeegee his nose. Yeah. Or squeegee his snot or something. I'm like, you know what? I've handled human decomposition i've helped i've handled some really gross things i could even handle explosive diarrhea from a baby but snot grosses me out (laughs) beyond belief it's funny the things that gross you out i know it's weird i'm like really i know you can't clean up cat throw up no but you can deal with human remains uh, yeah i've i've carried a a half frozen human leg in my arms i've cut up thigh muscle maybe we should put a trigger warning on this one maybe so but dead bodies dead bodies and snot oh oh yeah just just snot for for bodily noises bodily noises trigger warning we appreciate you guys being patient with us um i don't know if we're going to put an episode out next week um and if i do it's probably going to be about the thanksgiving dinner your dog can have can or can't can oh okay yeah and it might just be me i don't know it might just be you. Yeah. So honestly. so honestly, guys, if you don't get one next week, then just it's holiday. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, holiday. I don't think people are going to be mad about that. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We're trying to do a lot more on Instagram. Gray is working on his videos. He's almost ready to get these uploaded to YouTube. So be ready for that. He's just got to do some voiceovers on those. Um, it's a learning curve. So he's been learning, but it's really good. So make sure you are following us on Instagram. That's where we're putting most of our stuff. We're not doing as much on Facebook. Uh, so if you're not on Instagram, go to it. Um, we have fun. And I go live sometimes. And sometimes I don't plan it. Sometimes I just jump on there because I got a few <laughs> minutes and I got things to say. Or I just want to talk to people because I'm lonely because Britt's been in bed for three days. And I haven't been able to leave the house because she had a fever and I couldn't go to my clients because she had a fever. Sorry about And I've that. been stuck. So <laughs> I just need to talk to people. <laughs> Oh, this, I'm an extrovert. This is miserable. I know. Honestly. I'm so, so I've been taking care of her though. Yeah. You've been um, great. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys so very much. Um, if we don't talk to you next week, we do hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be sure you follow us. Um, and if you have ideas for a podcast, uh, let us know. This is, this one came from ideas of our listeners. So we appreciate you. Um, and um, of course, Uh, share please share the podcast and rate the podcast it actually does help us Brett, you got anything else before you go hack up a lung no let's go watch the titans oh yeah we gotta go watch football now all right go titans tighten up we love you guys have a great week